Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Kim Kardashian has said that she still has imposter syndrome despite her enormous global success. This is her brand, Skims. It's succeeded everything she'd ever imagined. But despite all of that, imposter syndrome is the feeling um, that she says she still has. And I'm interested in chatting to people about this today. If it's something you feel you suffer with, uh, is are there ways to overcome it? 1800 453 is the number. Uh, Pamela Laird, who's an entrepreneur, is with us on the show today. Pamela, is it something, is it so, like, do you feel you have it? Yes, actually, I do. And it's, I actually realized that Kim Kardashian had said it, but I think, you know, I think it's quite common for a lot of women in business um, to feel that way. I would have thought we all, that everybody, um, I would have thought irrespective of gender, despite what people tell me anecdotally, I would have thought that everybody has a little bit of it from time to time. I think so. And, you know, I suppose it's, it comes from and maybe an internal lack of confidence. For me, I definitely felt it when it came to like traditional business side of things whether it's meeting a bank or meeting an investor or any of that kind of stuff I felt oh gosh here I am no business degree like do I belong in this room I you know do I have the right to be here is how I felt it. So because I was going to ask you how how do you not describe it or define it but for you it's about that point around you know not will you be found out but that question that you, you kind of ask yourself what am I doing here? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know what, it comes, I'd like obviously had grown a business, I'd done certain things, hit certain milestones, but I felt that insecurity of, you know, people would say, oh, you've done this all without a business degree. And while it might be an interesting question, it definitely made me feel, gosh, you know, am I qualified to be amongst these other people who have every degree under the sun? And I think even though that I had achieved all these things, that niggle was just there. And it probably always will be. I mean, I guess it's one of those things. It's, it's having certain confidence, but then at the same time, mm. feeling like you might not be good enough. That's a, it's, a, it's a good example, that Pamela, that's like, you know, if, if people come up and say that despite you're there, you're confident, you're very successful. And then that level of self-doubt that somebody can put into your mind by, you know, coming out with a statement like that to say, you know, how far you've come and, and yes, you don't have a business degree as if to say, like, you shouldn't be there without it nearly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, look, it's a common thing in a lot of industries to find. And I think also maybe being a woman and being in the beauty industry, like two very female orientated things, obviously being a woman. But then I think there's a lot of, I always felt like people assumed it might be my hobby because because I didn't have a degree or because I didn't go the traditional route, that this was just something that I enjoyed doing and it wasn't serious. Um, and so I think that that's that combination. And I guess that's really what forced me. Uh, well, I obviously wanted to, but it ended up pushing me to go back and, and do a master's because I felt like, well, if this is how I feel, I want to change that. And I want mm. that confidence back for what I've achieved so far. 1800 453 is the number. Pamela, stay with us on the line. Gina London um, is with us too. Gina's a, a leadership communication specialist. Gina, can you, can you bring us back and tell us, like, where, where does it stem from? Yeah, great question. And Pamela, you're not alone, like you said. If it's Kim Kardashian, it's Pamela, and anyone listening right now, it is real and it's real common. And it was first coined back in 1978 in the U.S. There were these two Georgian psychologists, females, interestingly, and they were working for years with high-achieving women. And those women largely were contributing or attributing rather their success to overwork and other people 
lifting them up rather than their own abilities or their own performance or their own accomplishments. And that's what it really boils down to is it's a form of self-doubt when you struggle to reduce your accomplishment to external factors other than what I mentioned, your performance or your mindset or your courage or your abilities. What it is not, though, is a psychological disorder. And the research does show about 80% of people at one time or another, including men, identify that they have experienced this. So it is over, it's important, I think, to not give it overwhelming weight, but so much so that we can't get out from under it. And the more, like Pamela was saying, her comparisons, the more you can understand your triggers, the more than you can move from the irrational emotion of it that can be temporary and not let it slide into overwhelming self-confidence or become something that is like a panic attack or real anxiety. And those are the ways that we can push through. So how, how do you d- d- differentiate between feeling like you have imposter syndrome and a lack of self-confidence or being very right. confident? So, well, one can, and can spiral down into the other over time. So let's talk about uh, in my work that I do with you know, global leaders all over the world. In fact, there was the former global CEO of EY I was facilitating a conference and I sat down next to him at the dinner beforehand, just trying to make conversation. I said, oh, I see you're from the Midwest like I am. And I saw that on LinkedIn. He says, oh, you also probably saw that I'm the only global CEO who doesn't have an accounting degree. So just like what Pamela was saying, this guy at the top of his game globally was still feeling a little bit of, oh, did you find me out? So let's think about the four situations, everybody who's listening right now. What are the general things that would cause it? comparisons, something new, like a promotion or a new project, something that you haven't experienced before, which leads right into the number number three one, which of course is a big one and an area that I support a lot around is stage fright. So given a presentation, it doesn't have to be on the stage of thousands. It can be just before your immediate team and you're feeling overwhelmed. Then another thing that actually happens that causes it a lot and there are larger numbers and instances reported of, of people who would identify either culturally or potentially racially as minorities is the work environment. So if your corporate culture doesn't encourage you and it's really cutthroat, you might have that tendency to feel these feelings. So how do you overcome it? Well, remind yourself it's normal and it's not, you're not alone. Get out of your head and get on paper. That's going to reduce it. You've got to do action to disrupt the mental thought. So get on paper and say, here's what I've done so far. Here's how I've built a business like Pamela. Here are the things that I've achieved. Even if it's just socially, here are things that I'm good at. Start to get a way to reduce that trigger. Get a colleague or a trusted coach to help you deconstruct and remind you these things. I would encourage you to get someone that's maybe more neutral than a friend because, of course, they're going to say all sorts of great things. Get someone who you really value their opinion professionally perhaps mm. and then reframe instead of letting that thought start to take root yeah. of oh I'm no good find a way to say I haven't done this before yet I have ability and friends and other things that you can reduce that impact and those are some of the ways to identify what it okay. is and how to overcome it. Rene is with us on the line as well um, lunchtime live at newstalk.com I see some of the emails now people starting to get in touch about um, dealing with it knowing or wondering if they even have imposter syndrome and how to overcome it. Um, is it something you've dealt with Rene? Yes um, and you know I have started a really successful business but at the start had someone told me it would get to this at this point 
I really wouldn't have believed them. But you literally have to start somewhere. And not everyone feels always confident enough. But if you have a really good idea and you feel passionate about it, you just have to run with it. So I'm one of the co-founders of KeyForHer.com. We have um, a supplement business. It's a women's health supplement, supplement business that has been really successful in Ireland. Um, simply because we were going through difficult menstrual cycles ourselves, you know, a different, a difficult perimenopause. And we knew that there were other women out there that really were having a hard time going through it. And we knew that, you know, if you can create supplements and if you have real life experience of it, you can bring together an amazing team of people to help start a brand or start a company um, that can really make a difference in other people's lives and we have podcasts now you know um like we've done so much with this and I had a bit of a a surreal moment there Mm. like a couple of months ago and we were interviewing the amazing comedian Deirdre Kane for our key for her podcast and I actually said to Deirdre had someone told me that I was you know I was front row in one of our shows maybe about 15 or 20 years ago and I always thought she was brilliant I've gone to loads of her shows but as someone told me I'd be interviewing her for my podcast I would have said yeah. oh no I don't believe you just things um they spiral over time and something that starts with an idea can turn into something huge and your confidence just grows over time it's not like you're always going to feel ready and I think a lot of people might be a bit paralyzed with fear and they think, what if I make a mistake? Stop worrying about making mistakes. I literally learned on the go and it's amazing how much you can learn. And, you know, getting advice from mentors as well, asking questions. People want you to ask questions because it shows that you're willing to learn. Um, you know, it, it, it takes time as well. It's not going to happen overnight, but... You know, when you understand your work and your business implicitly and you understand your customers, you become so much more relaxed with it. And you're there because you had an idea, you've you've started a business Mm. and you're creating products that people actually really want. And that's where the success comes from, because people can see that through you. Um, Yeah. It's it's remarkable the number of people that are getting in touch um, to say, is it the same thing as fake it till you make it? Is it, Gina? You know, I hate that phrase because it just brings in all sorts of disingenuousness yeah. and all sorts of... Th- and no, I think absolutely not. Preparation is not faking it. Be pre- for example, preparing lines, like I said about reframing when I was on the more muffled line, the idea of reframing your thoughts actually requires you to, okay, identify the things that will trigger you. Like Pamela was saying earlier, someone might have said, oh, you don't have a degree. If you get asked a question a lot and you feel that that knocks you, then stop for a moment when you've got a second and write down what you think would be a better answer, more concise, and then practice it out loud several times because you want to muscle memory that so that you can integrate it into the conversation like it's natural and these things aren't faking it they're genuinely yeah. showing enough care well, for you fake for the audience having a master's and isn't that Pamela you said well, you no she went back and actually bolted on something else but let's yeah. say you didn't let's say you've got these common situations that you know are going to it's not going to prepare for you for every 
situation that might come spontaneously, but the more you can start to chip away at some of these things by preparation, it's not faking it. It's not faking it to practice speaking with projection. If you're someone who's been told like I was when I was a kid that I was a mumbler. Do do you find... Well, I think it's actually great to be the most underestimated person in the room sometimes. So (laughs) although it did affect me, it can actually be used to your advantage and it can propel your confidence because if you can overcome someone assuming or if you get the vibe that someone assumes you don't deserve to be there and you do and you prove that, it actually is fantastic for your confidence long term. And I think it's what gave me the confidence to go back to university knowing that I could actually do that and then have that brushed off. So... That's what I, sometimes it's not, it's not the worst thing to feel mm. it if you can harness it and turn it into a bit more confidence long term. You mentioned the, the gender um, demographic or the breakdown, Gina, a little earlier in, in all of this. And, and I, I'm curious because I know from chatting to friends, friend, you know, anecdotally people will say, oh, it's some, it's a, you know, it's a female trait or it's something women, you know, suffer with more. Is that the case or is it just that we ad- admit to having it or talking about it a little bit more. Well, that's what I was going to, I was going to lean into what you just ended on, Andrea. I mean, the surveys require people to respond to them, right? So when we talk about research, we have to make sure that we understand the context. So according to the research, more women would self-identify. So does that mean that men don't feel it the same way? They don't label it the same way? Now, that said, about 60 to 70% of men that have been surveyed say that they do have it. So the numbers are quite close. Sir Paul McCartney, a couple of years ago, was famously quoted in Rolling Stone, talking about how when he goes out now, even after all of his awards, he goes out to a young audience and he's feeling like, how will they, do they even know who I am? And so if it can happen to men of that stature, yes. And in fact, many of the male executives that I coach, that's absolutely something that they've that they that they struggle with, and so it's it it's for it's for human beings who, frankly, pe- human beings who are self aware, are going to be having moments of will I connect the best? Will I be able to succeed? Will I be able to have positive impact? Think about what's causing it, and then I love the the story of Pamela who said, "I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to mm. take some take some measures to overcome it." And here's what I see is my path. So identify, know you're not alone. Identify things that you can do to overcome it for you. Yeah, and look, then and, build and on that success. Lunchtime live at newstalk.com is the email address. Um, quite a few people getting in touch with stories about this today. Do you have imposter syndrome? And how do you deal with it? Or how did you deal with it? Uh, let me know. You can give us a shout either 1800 453 106. Uh, this listener says the biggest business owners in the world never went to college. Entrepreneurs are born, not made in university, says uh, one texter here today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.